Could you believe it? Bill and Melinda Gates are getting divorced. The whole world has been talking about it. There was even an Israeli paper that said, Bill, get, as in divorce. Um, and I guess what shocked everybody was that seemed to be the couple that despite all their success, they flourished. They even opened a foundation on both their names. They raised a family. And like, what the world? And the truth is, it's none of my business what happened there. At the same time, there's no question there's a pattern. There was a lot of memes going around this morning. Memes like, if the two richest people in the world can't keep their wives happy, what other chance do we have? Or the fact that out of the 10 wealthiest people in the world, a majority of them were divorced at least once. And you sit there wondering, what is up? Now, you might say that divorce should not be the litmus test of success or not. Okay, obviously when there's dysfunction, um, I'm talking about serious dysfunction, abuse, then yes, that's not the litmus test. But within normal people, I would say that it is one form of litmus test on an area of a success, and I would say quite an important one. If two regular imperfect people can work out a way to stay together with love and, and unity. I believe that that's an aspiration. And I believe it's something that we all dream of. Even if we didn't have it ourselves, we'd like to imagine or dream that our kids will have it. So what is up? Now, often you go, you go around and you see these courses, how to be successful. We've interviewed 50 people of success. What's their secret, etc., etc., etc. But often though success is very narrow. It's financial success. It's material success. But here's the fact of life. Too often, financial success leads to the decimation of romantic relationships, to the decimation of marriage. And the question is why? I would say it's not only financial, I would say politics as well. Politicians also have a very high rate of divorce and affairs. So do celebrities, actors, actresses, singers, the world of Hollywood. In other words, wherever you see a society that has extreme success, you often see failure in other areas of their life. And the question is why? Why can't people be exceptional in multiple areas? The truth is, I do know some people personally who are people who've had success in multiple areas of their life, but they're the exception, they're not the rule. So what is up? Well, let's look at this week's parsha. This week's parsha is two, actually, Bahar and Bechukotai, but we'll focus on the first one. Bahar, God spoke to Moshe and the Jewish people at the mountain, at Mount Sinai. In 10 days' time, we celebrate the Chag of Shavuot, the holiday that God gave us the Torah, again, at Mount Sinai. And there's the famous question, why did God give the Torah at Mount Sinai? And if, you're a ch if you went to Hebrew school or your child goes to Hebrew school, you might remember the following song. I am a mountain so very high. I can almost reach the sky, the Torah will be given on me, cause I am as tall as can be, you see. 
Then there's a story about the mountain so very wide, the Torah will definitely be given on me. But there was Harsinai, who's so very small and not tall, the Torah won't be given on me, because I am as small as can be, you see. Now from all the mountains, Hashem chose Sinai, because it was humble, because it was not high. He had such humble and simple ways. And from here we learn that humility pays. I didn't get all the words right, but I enjoyed the song. Point is, humility is great. But the question is, if on Sinai we got it because the mountain was low, why did God not give the Torah in a valley? Why in a mountain, a small mountain? If you're trying to teach humility, put it in a valley or at least on flatlands. And the answer is, because a person needs a basic amount of self-esteem, a person needs assertiveness, a person cannot be a wimp, a person cannot be a pushover. And I believe that in that, in that little anecdote hides the secret of balance in our life. The ability of having enough dignity and self-esteem but not, enough, not too much where we actually start taking ourselves so seriously. Because this is the psychology of successful people. Everyone tells me I'm successful. Everybody's literally knocking on the door, licking the floor, begging for my fame, my money, or my connections. And my spouse is treating me like a regular person? Who do you think you are? You're going to tell me to take out the garbage or make you supper? Get a life, man. Seriously, I'm better than this. And suddenly, domestic life becomes so condescending and makes you feel insignificant. And that is the biggest threat of success. The biggest threat of success is when you actually start believing the people who tell you you're successful. You start believing the people who tell you you've made it in life. You start believing the people that your money means your value. And that's when your marriage goes out the door. Because marriage is the one place in our life where the other person sees us as an equal. And if they don't see us as an equal, then it's not a healthy marriage. A marriage is not where there's one person who's made it and the other person's just an adoring you know, bystander. There are some successful people who want that, some successful men and women who just want a dodo head standing next to them as a mannequin. But that's not marriage. That's pathetic. Marriage is equals, and by definition equals means that no matter how successful you think you are outside the home, when you come home, you're just a regular, equal human being. We all need to have a drop of a mountain, but our mountains need to go down a notch. Get the ego out before the marriage goes out. Check the ego in so that our marriages can not only be in, but they could thrive.